Philippians chapter 2, from verses 19 to 30. Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus Christ to send Timothy to you soon, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will, soon, will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for you all, for all of you, and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill. He almost died, but God had mercy on him. And not only, not only him, but also me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give to me. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, open your word to your people, that indeed they may behold wonderful things in it. Help us to understand it, to be challenged by it, that when we leave this service, or after finishing listening to the sermon, that we may seek to live for you and not for ourselves. Help us, Lord, and help me as I seek to explain your way, that I may uh, explain it with clarity to your people. That they may be encouraged, Lord, to strive after you. In Jesus' name I pray and ask all of these things. Amen. So we have been looking at the book of Philippians um, for the last five weeks, I believe. And this morning we are looking at the end of chapter 2. And what we've been seeing in the book of Philippians is that the way in which we live matters because the world is watching. Which is why Paul, two weeks ago, called us to live in a manner worthy of the gospel. Manner worthy of the gospel in which we have been called. So that when people look at us, at our lives, and look at the gospel as seen in the word of God, that they may not see a contradiction. The world is watching. 
Our lives, they either honor God or they dishonor Him. Our lives are either examples to follow or they are cautionary tales in religious hypocrisy. Within the Christian community as well, which is what we're going to be looking at this morning, that the way that we live matters. Because a great deal, especially within the Christian community, is picked up by imitation. Paul is not turning his attention to the lives of believers and the impact that, that those lives may have within the Christian community. There is no, for example, there is no genetic mutation among evangelicals that makes them to, uh, to pray a certain way, to prefer a certain type of preaching. But rather through examples from one another, we follow one another. For an example, I pray like the guy who first discipled me. I have adopted his habits of reading the Bible. Yes, I've grown in it, but I, I, that what I learned laid a foundation. Just as a child would learn to imitate from those around them, whether they're at school or at home, how to talk, they imitate their manners, their, their, their mannerisms, their expressions of frustration. Just as you and I, you know, we, we, uh, we have learned how to, uh, how to behave properly as believers, because in our heads, we have the example of what godliness is. Yes, we are reading the scriptures, but we have an example that we are trying to attain. There's nothing wrong with that. Because in the Bible, as we will say this morning, the Christian life encourages imitation. The section that we are looking at ends at the end of chapter 3 begins at 2.19. It starts with Timothy and goes on to Epaphroditus and then lastly Paul. And we're going to be looking at the first two this morning. And it ends with an emphasis that we should follow the example of these people, that we should honor people like this. For an example, verse 26, verse 29, after speaking about Epaphroditus, Paul turns and then says, honor people like him. Not, he's not just talking about Epaphroditus there. He's talking about Timothy as well, who has been a good example in his concern for others. And then again, yet close to the end of chapter 3, 3 verse 17, he encourages the Christians in Philippi to join together in following his example. His example of not trusting in his own righteousness to be accepted by God, but rather to, 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 to trust in the finished work of Christ. So this morning we're going to be looking at the first two examples that we encourage to follow, or the first two instances that we are encouraged to honor so that you and I may be encouraged to be the type of people that are worthy of imitation, but also we are, we are being called to imitate these people as well. So there are two sides to it. 
So the first thing that we see comes from verses 19 to 24 of chapter 2. And the encouragement there is for us to imitate those who are interested in the well-being of others and not their own. Imitate those who are interested in the well-being of others and not their own. Let me read from verses 19 to 21. Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus Christ to send Timothy to you soon, that he may be cheered, that I may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who shows a genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone else looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. The way if you if you read the letters of Paul and you look when you look at Acts, you will see Paul traveling from place to place, planting churches. And the way that he did things was that he would uh, he was gathering people around him, like Timothy and John Mark um, and Titus and so on. And then from time to time, he would send those people back to churches that he has been to, to send messages, to send letters, to, uh, to receive gifts, as we see in the book of uh, Philippians. So now where he is, he, this letter is sent to the church in Philippi, and he's sending it with this guy, Epaphroditus. And he says now, he hopes to send he hopes to send back Epaphroditus because Epaphroditus belongs to them. He wants to send Timothy to go to them as well for that encouragement to receive feedback about how the church is doing. And he turns and he says, of all the people that I send out, of all the people who are following me, who are my disciples, as it were, who are sort of arms to my ministry, who keep going to places that I myself cannot go. He cannot go to the church in Philippi now because he is in prison, but he's going to send Timothy. See what he says about Timothy, verses 20. It says, I have no one else like him. Why? Because he shows a genuine concern for your welfare. He's not saying that everyone else is terrible. But he's saying that of all the people that he has, Timothy has distinguished himself in showing a genuine concern for the welfare of others. He has distinguished himself in being other people-centered, not merely selfish. He has distinguished himself, Paul says um, later on, he is like a child to him. He is like a, a son. He's not his uh, biological son. But he has distinguished himself that he is following the example of Paul. That he is like a son to him, to his father. He has served in the work of the gospel. So in a way, he is sort of like a mini him. The same concern that Paul has for the different churches, Timothy also has a similar concern. The same care that Paul has for the different churches, 
Timothy is also burdened with the same thing. And Paul says, I'm going to send him to you. I'm going to send him to you. For he has a genuine concern for the welfare of others. We know people who are the opposite. Correct? We know people who, are, um, who don't really have a genuine concern for the welfare of others. And at times you see them even in conversations where you are talking to them and each point in your conversation is an opportunity for them, a door or a window for them to talk about themselves. We know people who see other people as resources to be used for their benefit. Who see other people as means to puff up their own reputation. Who want to get all the credit. Timothy is not like those. Timothy has a genuine concern for the welfare of the church. Which is why Paul can be um, confident and send him to the church in Philippi to minister to them. So then, verses 29 of this, when he says, honor people like Timothy, in Philippians chapter 2, when he says, honor people like Timothy, it, mean, it means honor people who have a genuine concern for the welfare of others and not their own. People who care and love others. People who exemplify what we saw last week in, in uh, Philippians 2, verses 1 to 6. The example of Jesus Christ who came down, who did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage, but rather emptied himself and became man in order to serve us. Christ showed a genuine concern for the welfare of others and not his own. Timothy is an embodiment of that. One who shows a genuine concern for the welfare of others and not his own. Secondly, we are encouraged here to imitate those who have proved themselves faithful in suffering. Imitate those who have proved themselves faithful in suffering. Verses 25 to 30. Actually, let me start even at verse 22. Because Timothy is not distinguished, is not different from Epaphroditus in this. At, his verse, at verse 22, we see that Timothy is also like this. Where Paul says, but you know Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. We know from chapter 1 that Paul is currently in prison. And we know that Timothy is like a son to Paul. He, has, he, has, he is committed to the work of the gospel, just as Paul is. Which means that the suffering that befalls Paul has potential to impact Timothy as well. He has followed his example, that is Paul's example. 
We see uh, something similar with uh, Epaphroditus as well. This is 25 to 30. Where Paul says, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you, and is distressed because you heard, you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him. And not only, not, not him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. This guy, Epaphroditus, had been sent by this church in Philippi, as we'll see in chapter 4, to, uh, to minister to the needs of Paul. And specifically, in chapter 4, we see that those needs are, were a financial contribution. So they sent him to be a messenger to Paul to bring this gift. But while he has been with Paul, he has been laboring alongside Paul, which is why he calls him a brother, a co-worker, a fellow soldier, in addition to being a messenger, which means that he did not just drop the gift of money and went back home. He continues to serve with Paul. But something happened while he was with Paul. He fell ill, and a strange thing happens with his illness. Is that the church in Philippi hears that he is, is unwell, and they are concerned. And Epaphroditus is concerned that they are concerned. A very weird thing indeed. Because often when you're sick, you, are, you want to get all the sympathy. You are not sympathetic to those who are, who are anxious about your sickness. Because you're the one, after all, who's down. You're the one whose immune system is compromised. You're the one who, dis, who should be taken care of. But not Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus is concerned that his fellow brothers and sisters back in Philippine are anxious because of his illness. We are not told what the illness is. It could be that he had caught something and is indeed ill. It could be that he had perhaps uh, something had happened to him in his service to the gospel. And now he is unwell. When you think about the Roman culture and the kind of torture that those who ministered the gospel had to endure, that would lead to illness in, in certain circumstances. But rather, we see, instead of uh, asking for their sympathy, we see Epaphroditus concerned that they are concerned. You see one who is still putting the interest of others even when he himself is going through a difficult time. You see one who is faithful to God, who is following the example of Christ even when we, you and I would think that this is not the time to play the hero. This is not the time to be concerned for others. This is the time to receive concern from others. And I believe that is why this extraordinary thing 
It's why Paul would say in verse 29, honor men like him. Honor people who are so concerned for others that even in their worst, even in, in their deathbed, they are still concerned, not for themselves, but for others. This passage is a reminder to me when I was looking at it of the concern of Christ as he, as he was hanging on the cross and cried out, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing to those who are crucifying him. Could, he could have cursed them. He could have said, I'm the one who's suffering. I'm the one who deserves mercy at this moment. But at that moment, he was asking for their forgiveness. As he is with the thieves, on this, uh, the, 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 the other people being crucified on his left and right, he was concerned for the eternal future of the one who trusted in him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Even at that very moment, the lowest point of his life, as his life was being taken away from him, he was showing concern for the welfare of others. I think that is why Paul says we should honor people like this. By honor there, he means hold them in high esteem. Value these people as precious among you. In other words, follow their examples. Those who are faithful in putting others, even in their own sickness. This is a challenge to you and I. First of all, this is a challenge to strive to be people who are worthy of imitation. To strive to be people who are worthy of imitation. Uh, Paul has said this in different ways. Um, you know, in chapter 1, in, in talking about the fact that we should be um, live lives that are worthy of the gospel, that we should uh, value Christ and his word above all, even if there are people who are preaching the, the message of the gospel for, uh, for selfish gain. Here he say, I believe he's saying to us, as you honor these people, as you follow their example, be the type of people who are worthy of imitation as well. People who are concerned for the interest of others and not your own. In your concern for the church believers, be other-oriented. Oriented. Be faithful, even in suffering, even when you have little to give, even if you know, when, you have when you have your own concern to um, for, for mercy or for struggle, that you should be the one who is receiving. Be concerned for others. I've often struggled with uh, someone, people coming to me and asking me genuinely, saying, I want to be generous and give, but my situation is, is really bad. We, we are struggling as a family. I often struggle because on the one hand, I want to encourage faithfulness to people that yes, you should be generous and give. 
But on the other hand, I'm concerned about them. And I've often uh, failed, yes, in my uh, witness to them. And I've said, perhaps take care of your own concern first and then think about generosity. This passage challenged me this week when I saw the example of Prophetitis, who was sick but yet concerned for the welfare of others. It made me think that perhaps the person who is in a position where they are struggling, that they should be concerned for the welfare of others as well. Because you will never have enough. You will never say, I have enough now that I can start being generous. Which is why the Bible encourages us to be sacrificial from the little that we have. So, it's been a challenge to me and I hope it's a challenge to you as well. And secondly, this is a challenge for us to emulate or to follow the examples of those who are other people-centered and those who have proven themselves faithful in suffering. For us to really think about what type of Christians do I admire, what type of traits do I look at, and want and pray that the Holy Spirit would embody in me, do we look at traits that are other people-centered, those who are proven in suffering, those who are faithful, despite the difficult circumstances that they are in? Or do we look at those who, who seem like they have it all together, that you only see the glitz and the glamour? Do we, are we encouraged to imitate those who give it all? Or are we encouraged to imitate those who have it all and want to be like them? Do our lives reflect a faithfulness that is worthy of imitation? Do we also look at lives that are worthy of imitation? And, and say, Lord, I pray that you make me more and more like this. There is a challenge here for, to really think about who we imitate, to really think about whether our lives are worthy of imitation or not. There's, a, there's an example that is found in a book by Don Carson, who is a theologian in, in America, that I thought I should end with. He tells a, an account where, when he was at university, and he was going around sharing the gospel with a friend who was a mature believer. He was a new Christian at that time. And this friend was going around sharing the gospel room by room, you know, at, um, um, at the place where students live. As he's going around sharing this, they, would come, they encountered someone who said, I've heard all of this. I trust in the Lord Jesus as my Savior. I believe that he is indeed risen from the dead. And I don't see the point, I don't see why I should come to your Bible study or come to your church. I believe all of that personally. Why should I come to that? And then he asked him, Are you leaving it out? And he said, Yes, I am leaving it out. And he challenged him and said, I don't think you are leaving. Ask the gospel as you ought to. 
If you think you are, why don't you come stay with me for a week and see someone wrestling with sin and see someone having a concern for the welfare of others as he goes around, as I go around knocking in people's rooms and inviting them to Bible study and see how I spend my money and see how I treat my girlfriend and see the type of friends I have and the people that are close to me and see what burdens my heart and see what I talk about when it is not Sunday morning when I'm knocking on people's doors or leading a Bible study. And this challenged this guy. It really challenged him to think, do I want, is my life like this person? That example is extreme, but it is indeed challenging. Would you be able to do that? When you go and witness to the gospel to someone and invite them and say, I'm not perfect, but come see how I live. And look at your life and see if it resembles anything close to the life of Christ. See if there's any struggle with sin, if there's any concern for others. See if there's any generosity in your life, if there is any um, attempt to have people who are around you who are faithful to Christ. Can you say that about your life? Let us pray and ask God for help. Lord Jesus, we are encouraged this morning. Indeed, we are challenged by Paul as he looks at the life of Timothy, life of Epaphroditus, who had genuine concerns for the welfare of others. Lord, I pray that you would help us to repent where we have been selfish, where we have... Uh, been concerned only for ourselves. Hi Lord, I pray that you help us as a church, especially to those who visit us, who visit us on Sundays, that they may find a people who are warm, welcoming, and who genuinely care for others, that they indeed may be drawn to that. I pray that you help us, Lord, individually, in our workplaces, at home, within our families, that we may be known as people who embody the humility, the other people's centeredness that we saw last week in Christ, that we saw this morning in the life of Timothy and Epaphroditus. Lord, we cannot do that on our own, we need you, the empowering work of your spirit. We need the Christian community, which would challenge us at times when we are not living lives that are consistent with your gospel. Lord, build us and build those around us that they may sharpen us to become more and more like you. In whose name 
We pray and ask all of these things. Amen. Please stand and let us um, sing together our last song.